Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Produce Buzzers Podcast. We are so happy you have joined us today, and I think you will be too after the show is over, because you will learn a lot about fresh fruits and vegetables, how to select and store them, how to prepare and cook them, and surprising facts about their history and origin. We hope it inspires you to eat more fresh fruits and vegetables, not only for your health, but also for your delight and pleasure as you explore their amazing world of taste and delicious flavors. Eating more of them will transform your life in so many positive ways. So settle back, relax, and get ready for another delicious adventure with the Produce Buzzers. Greetings, Produce Buzzers podcast fans. Welcome to another delicious episode of the Produce Buzzers podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Edwin Stepp, your host and executive editor of ProduceBuzz.com. I'm joined once again by Teresa Nolan, the founder and president of Produce Buzz, along with Rick Stepp and Cynthia Benedetto, both contributing editors to Produce Buzz. So, produce buzzers, it's Christmas time. So, what are your plans for this Christmas? What are you going to be doing when you celebrate Christmas on Christmas Day or the day before? Teresa, what do you got planned? Oh, well, we'll probably just, uh, you know, it's kind of cold there in Hendersonville at this time of the year. So, we'll probably just uh, have um, a nice tenderloin beef. Mm. and and vegetables and hang out at the house uh so that's yeah. that's probably the plan for have this year fire, have the fire going you get the fire going yeah yeah drink some hot <laughs> chocolate no you don't drink mm, hot chocolate hot i tea. like it uh, hot tea maybe hot tea yeah mold, hang mold, out mold apple cider hot mold <laughs> cider maybe Okay. I love just plain cider. That would yeah. be good. Cynthia, what's your mm. plans? My child's in town. Oh, she might come back. Yes. Right. And then I just allow her to make me a, a short order cook. If she wants chili, <laughs> if she wants, you know, if she wants a steak, if she wants like whatever she wants, she gets. Oh, boy. Okay. So Lucky girl. <laughs> sounds like some very relaxed, uh, quiet Christmases. I like that. That's my preference too. Not big parties. So you know what? I completely forgot. This year we're going to Jonathan's for Christmas. So oh, <laughs> yeah, right. we'll we'll go uh about an hour and a half away to Franklin, North Carolina to see yeah. our nephew Jonathan. So we'll be having a Christmas lunch there with them, and then I suppose we can do our tenderloin for another meal. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds good. And uh, yeah. he's a little higher elevation than, than Hendersonville, so he could have a white Christmas. Right. You never know. Very you nice. Know. So, Rick, what are your plans for this Christmas this year? Well, uh, Christmas Eve night, we're planning on going over to my Phil and his wife, Michaela's house. That's your son, right? You said. Yeah. Yep. My son, Phil, and his wife, Michaela. And, uh, We'll be seeing our two grandsons. Henry is six years old and Jack is three. Hmm. So Christmas Eve, we'll just get together. We're going to be together with her family, her mom and dad as well. Oh. And then on Christmas Day, we're, we're probably going to stay over there on 
Christmas Eve because it's like a 45 minute drive from our house. And uh, yeah, and Christmas morning, we'll get up and watch the kids open their presents and that kind of thing. Right. That's we'll nice. A Christmas, a Christmas uh, brunch afterwards, which uh, we will have some produce items. We usually have an egg bake that has things like mushrooms. And it's um, trying to think. I'll, I'll make my cranberry sauce again, which ah. is, uh, if you take the cranberry sauce recipe on any, basically any cranberry brand's bag, uh, what I do is I substitute orange juice for water. So ah. it calls for a cup of water, a cup of sugar, and, a, and then a package of fresh cranberries. So instead of using the water, I use fresh squeezed orange juice no water at all and then uh that gives it a really nice orange flavor and i still use the same amount of sugar even though even though the oranges have sugar in them as well yeah oh that it's sounds delicious yeah. yeah that's a great idea did you come up with that on your own or did you steal it yeah, i did years? back when we used to be uh when we represented ocean spray uh i used to toy around with the cranberry recipes yeah by my tried uh, putting hot peppers in the cranberry sauce Ooh. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't good at all because i thought well i shouldn't say that you know hot pepper jelly is excellent my son jake just gave us a jar of his hot pepper jelly at christmas he decided to grow some this year and he grew some really hot jalapenos and made a fantastic hot pepper jelly so i think there would be a way to make the cranberry sauce similar to the hot to a hot pepper jelly yeah I just right well, I know I've had cranberry sauces that have the jalapenos in it, and that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's a salsa. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the weather in Duluth, you're going to have plenty of snow on the ground, so you're going to have a white oh, yeah. Christmas for sure. <laughs> if it turned 80 degrees, it stayed 80 degrees for three weeks, we still have snow. We've got, we've got, uh, we've had over 50 inches of snow so far this year. Wow. A lot of it at the first melted away, but we had two feet and one storm last Wednesday and Thursday. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, and blizzard conditions. Yikes. <laughs> so we'll have a white Christmas here. Yep. One other thing I forgot to mention, I've done this every Christmas for the past six years. Uh, I bought a professional Santa Claus suit, like someone oh. in a department store. Yeah. Six years ago. And every year I've dressed as Santa Claus and I burst into the, to the living room on Christmas day, <laughs> Christmas morning before the kids even open their presents. Yeah. And, oh, 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 Merry Christmas. And the kids freeze. <laughs> My oldest granddaughter, Hazel, who's also six years old, she figured it out two years ago that I was Santa Claus, but she, but she plays along with it. Yeah. That's good. She knows it's me, but she plays for her, for her younger siblings and for herself. Oh, okay. So she they enjoys. They don't want it. to take a chance on not getting something. They figured it out also too. Uh. It plays along. It's the funniest thing because you would think that they really believe I was Santa Claus when that's going on, but Henry came later and said, "I knew that was you." <laughs> well, that's great. That sounds like a wonderful time with your family. You're gonna have a white Christmas. Oh. Not everybody gets a white Christmas. But it's beautiful right now. It's like better than any Christmas card you've ever seen. Oh, wow. Take some pictures and send it to us. Okay.
<laughs> before the wind blows it all the way. Yeah. We're going to get down to the high on Saturday here is supposed to be like 20 or something. I don't know, which is that's a that's a warm spell for you guys. But <laughs> well, that's normal for for Hendersonville area to get down in the 20s. In yeah, the but as the highs, that's not normal for the highs. We get down to the 20s, you know, quite a few nights, but it's rare that it's the high is 20 or, you know. <laughs> so. You know, one of the coldest nights I ever spent in my life was in Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> and we had just lived in Minnesota when we moved there and uh, it got down to five degrees one night, but we were working wow. outside oh right yeah and i thought i was gonna freeze to death that's the coldest i've ever been in my life <laughs> they probably didn't have the right clothing for it yeah like you, like you didn't have your parka and your overalls exactly. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need those in charlotte very often <laughs> yeah yeah that's right well thank you for that well those are some nice plans really relaxing mm -hmm. but I'm just surprised that not one of you said you were going to get the family together for a barbecue by the pool or laying out on a <laughs> sandy beach with your friends or playing volleyball or tennis, Cynthia, or surfing. What's up with that? Don't you know how to celebrate Christmas in the summer? When we think of Christmas, <laughs> we tend to think that most of the world will celebrate Christmas by a toasty fire indoors with comfy sweaters nice warm socks because well baby it's cold outside we see them imbibing in hot chocolate and hot mold cider they are feasting on roasted meats winter root vegetables and fruits of deciduous trees like apples and pears but on the other side of the earth it will be the beginning of summer and along the center of the earth, most people will still be able to go outside in shorts and t-shirts. 800 million people live in the Southern hemisphere. That's about 10 to 12% of the world's seven and a half billion people. And 40% of the world's population or about 3 billion people live in the tropics. Now there's some overlap in those numbers because half of the tropical regions are in the Southern hemisphere. So, but it's safe to say that around half of the world's population will be in warm summer-like weather when they celebrate Christmas. But then if you add in the people who live in subtropical zones like California and Texas, places like that, um, if you add in those people in those subtropical zones, which can get cold in December the further north you go, but rarely have any weather that matches those Courier and Ives paintings. <laughs> now we are approaching almost two-thirds of the world's population that will be in warm weather during Christmas holidays. Some figures I saw for this put the number just about 65%. I found that revelation kind of astounding because the dominant image of Christmas that we have in our art or literature or media suggested all across the world people are riding sleighs and building snowmen but they are more likely to be riding a paddleboard or building a sandcastle <laughs> so we thought that for this year's Christmas episode on the produce buzzers podcast we would give a nod to those billions of people lusting for a white Christmas that will never have one how do they celebrate Christmas down under what about along the Treasure Coast, where our lovely Cynthia Benedetto lives? Or how about Rio de Janeiro? And speaking of Rio, 
one quarter of the population of the Southern Hemisphere, those 800 million people, one quarter of those 800 million people live in Brazil. 200 million people out of all the people in the Southern Hemisphere are in Brazil. So their traditions are the most kept below the equator. So let's start with them. Uh, what do people in Brazil do for Christmas? Well, the most important time during Christmas is not December 25th for the Brazilians, but the night before on Christmas Eve. Most people go to a midnight mass, and then they come home to have a big feast that can last till dawn. <laughs> that oh, is wow. the main meal for the holiday. And on Sunday, they get together with their families, usually outdoors, and have a smaller meal. Um, and most of them like to barbecue outside by the pool or on the beach. Well, what do they eat? Well, Brazilians do eat turkey, but most of them eat a bird called a chester. Have you ever heard of a chester? Nope, sure <laughs> it haven't. A, it is a specially bred chicken, bred in Brazil by chicken farmers there, that has much more meat than an average chicken. They have been breeding them in Brazil since 1979, and over the years, they have become like a super chicken. They're not genetically modified or pumped with hormones. The process is just a natural breeding process to make them larger and with more meat. But as for their fruits and veggies, well, Brazil is abundant with all kinds of fruits and veggies. And since it's summertime, you can imagine they are eating a lot of summertime vegetables like corn and beans, strawberries, peaches, and they love their watermelon. But then they also have an astounding variety of tropical fruits. So pineapple, banana, citrus of all kinds are very prevalent in the Brazilian Christmas feasts. Now in Australia, uh, well, what is one of the Aussies' favorite pastimes? Putting shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> so while the Bruces and Sheilas from down under love the tradition of turkey and ham on Christmas, since they come mostly descended from the English and the Irish, a lot of, their, a lot of people in Australia feast out on seafood during the Christmas holiday. They love the beaches too for a venue and there's plenty of sunshines to get out by the pool and to barbecue. Now, what about their fruits and veggies? What do the Aussies like for Christmas in that regard? Well, they have some fantastic desserts that feature fruits and vegetables that are usually always a part of the Christmas dinner. Pavlova. Mm -hmm. yeah that's really good it's uh you know it's a it's a meringue dish piled high with fresh cream heaps of berries blueberries strawberries raspberries and sometimes passion fruit pulp to create the pavlova they also have fruit mince pies made from all kinds of different berries and other kinds of fruits apples almonds mixed spices so fruits and veggies figure very prominently in the Australian Christmas dinner. Another very popular dish for the Aussies at Christmas dinner is stuffed capsicum. <laughs> now capsicum is the English, British, Aussie version name for peppers. So stuffed bell peppers mm. is another big dish at Christmas time for them in the vegetable category. And they very often have lots of salads 
summer type salads that, you know, things that we would think of uh, more in a, that we would have in the summertime, not on a Christmas dinner, but since they're in their summer, watermelon salads, lots of tomato salads, uh, salads featuring uh, all kinds of fruits and veggies. So that is a look, a bit, a quick look at some of the down under places. Another place that I thought was interesting is South Africa. Uh, they have a lot of, of course, the African influence uh, in their cooking. One dish I found that looks fantastic is called chakalaka. Have you hmm. ever heard of chakalaka? <laughs> Sounds like a lyric in a 1950s song. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? it <laughs> it's a South African vegetable relish originating from some of the black townships in South Africa. It's packed with flavor and spiciness, and it's made with all kinds of veggies. Uh, and it's made with different veggies depending on where you are, but tomatoes, beans, corns, corn, and peppers are almost always included, carrots, and sometimes very spicy peppers. So I thought that was, and, but that's a very, very popular dish in South Africa during the uh, Christmas dinner. So anyway. Sounds so, like a salsa, doesn't it? I, it I is. Wonder. It does look yeah. like a, the photos I've seen of it are very close to a salsa. Uh, mm -hmm. They also have another dish called, uh, something called sambalas. And that also looks a lot like a salsa and it's made with different, it, again, it can be made with uh, any kind of vegetables, but it's a mo mostly savory kind of uh, dish um, that is uh, uh, made with uh, the same kind of veggies that the uh, chakalakas are made with. <laughs> but anyway, I think okay. I'd still prefer to be in Australia with the pavlova. <laughs> right, and the other thing that both South Africa and Australia have a very common at Christmas is trifle, uh, which is another one. Do you don't like trifle? That's pretty close no. to pavlova. No, because trifle, you put all the stuff you have left over and just like make a <laughs> soggy mess out of it. It is. Well, I guess the pavlova is just meringue mostly, isn't it? Whereas, uh, well, that would be the base. Yeah. Then you'd Whereas put all the, the the trifle has kind of a spongy cake in the middle. Mush. But it's soaked in rum or something, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's a look at Down Under. And, you know, uh, okay. And, and I know, Cynthia, you've talked about how you miss the cold weather. You're, mm -hmm. in, you're in uh, Florida and it can be really hot. Um, most you know, of the it's world really is nice. With you. It's right. It's nice now. It's in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> cooling mm -hmm. off cold spell there cold yes spell. yes <laughs> well most of the world is with you two-thirds of the world cannot have a white christmas i don't even want to need a white christmas can i just have like not a sweating christmas <laughs> okay well i hope uh, our listeners down under and in those warmer climes uh felt a little love today uh, we're, what we're going to do now, though, is our produce buzzers are going to tell us their favorite things to put on the Barbies, their favorite, favorite fruits and veggies to put on the Barbie. So let's start with Teresa. Teresa, 
What are you going to be? First of all, are you going to be grilling for Christmas? Probably not. You just told us. You're no, but I'm going to tell you, I have used my grill in the wintertime. Okay. For sure. You know, and it, it, you just put on a heavy coat and you, your gloves, <laughs> <laughs> you fire that grill up, then you run back in the house while it's getting hot enough. And then you, yeah. When you think it's probably hot enough, you run back out and throw things on. And from a distance, you might be able to watch it from inside if you're lucky. Yeah, but, I think I've been is. there when you've done that. And Teresa, yeah. well, she's just moved from Massachusetts for, for a long time. She lived in Massachusetts at a beautiful house overlooking the water of Cape Cod Bay and a nice grill out on a beautiful back patio deck. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, she made some fine dishes on that grill. Today, <laughs> she, she's got something for those people who do want a Barbie, get on the, put something on the Barbie, a veggie. Yeah. Tell us about it. Well, you know, just about any vegetable is great cooked on the grill. Uh, but I am going to highlight cooking asparagus on the grill. And oh. so one thing I've learned about barbecuing vegetables is if you uh, don't want to try to do it without an oil, which I probably would try to do it without an oil, you can take a an Italian dressing, put it in a Ziploc bag, and drop your cut up vegetables down in that. And you can do it with peppers and onions and uh, the asparagus, whatever you think you might like to grill. Uh, you got to watch your vegetables not to let them cook too much if the grill is hot, but you also want the grill hot if you want to get a good little grill imprint on them. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So maybe at the most six minutes, uh, but you'll know whether you've reached the desired doneness, just kind of check them. You might cut one with a fork or whatever, Uh, but don't overcook because if you overcook, you lose that sweetness that and the crispiness of the vegetable. And the the nice thing about using the Italian dressing is that you get a nice flavor from the garlic and all the spices that they put in the Italian dressing too. It's really, really a good way to cook them. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. And asparagus is great for your eyes, your skin, your blood vessels. It's good for your energy level. So it's it's a great um, vegetable to cook, uh, especially if you're feeling low energy to help kind of lift you up and make you a little, feel a little healthier. Right. Yeah, very so. good. That's excellent. Um, yeah, so, so good tips there. Yeah, that, the salad dressing sounds great. And now the most... Italian dressings are going to have some oil in them, right? So, oh yes, but, but, yes. Uh, you could you could dump you could siphon off the oil, and use the le- oh. leftover seasoning, yeah. which will still have some. Gonna have some it will meat. still have some oil in it, but <clears throat> if you can pour the oil off the dressing, that'll save a, a lot of calories and be a little healthier for you. Right, right, okay. And have you tried to grill vegetables without oil? And so, how did uh, I have I have cooked them almost every way you can possibly cook them. Uh, it's a little harder, but they they cook. 
just, you know, again, watch them not to, you know, not to overcook. That's the yeah. thing, because guess- if you could, you could also sprinkle them with a little Parmesan to give them a little flavor too. So after they're grilled, you wouldn't want to do that. Well, you might do it towards the end of the grilling process. Okay. To melt it a so, little. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, garlic on it. That's really good too. Right. You can't have enough garlic on anything. <laughs> I guess the main reason for the oil is to just so it doesn't stick. Well, it does give it some yeah. flavor, of course, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, and some texture. But yep. And so if you have something that, you know, if it can lay across the grill uh, without sticking. Again, the key there would be not to overcook. Right. And if you've got a, a grill with a grate, unlike Rick, <laughs> you <laughs> make sure you lay your asparagus <laughs> perpendicular right. to the openings mm-hmm, in the grate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or you'll be burning your asparagus in the flame. <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> and also, uh, I think I've mentioned this before when we've talked about asparagus, the the fatter the asparagus, the younger the, the plant is. As the plant grows and matures, it's going to put off smaller and smaller asparagus spheres. So the larger asparagus spheres are usually more tender. And Yeah, you did mention that once yeah. in a segment on, you did a segment on asparagus before. And yeah, that's counterintuitive to me, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there are different varieties of asparagus? There are different varieties. You can get a white asparagus. And uh, I think I've even seen purple asparagus. Right, right. But but not with um, the size, the sizing difference indicates. That's, ha- that's, how, that's how long the plant has been producing. So like at the beginning of the season, when it mm-hmm. starts to produce, the spears are going to be larger. And as it loses energy and goes through the season, the, the spears will be smaller. Mm. So, see, and I like the pencil uh, asparagus. Well, to each her own, <laughs> I will say. <laughs> and I will eat asparagus almost anyway, but yes. it's just a little something I learned when we were working with a grower who did asparagus. Yeah. Yeah, and I always assumed asparagus, uh, like a lot of veggies, when the, the smaller versions of them usually are more tender. Mm-hmm. But with asparagus, that's not always the case. In fact, it, I think it might be the opposite. Yeah, uh, it could be. Yeah. The, thicker, the, the thinner they are, I've noticed they can be the really tough. Mm-hmm. Whereas the fatter yeah. ones it's tend to be a little bit uh, more tender. And of I course, guess, again, the thin ones you don't want to cook. You, you're going to watch your your time on the grill with the thin ones. They're going to cook a lot faster, of course. Right. So. <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, thank you, Teresa. Thanks for those good grilling tips and especially for the asparagus. I love the salad dressing idea. That's got to give it a lot of good flavor. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, I think that's all we have today then, unless Cynthia wants to no, I just would have wung it and just said that like, uh, like with the pineapple, I just think that like that fruit lends itself so nicely to being warm. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's fabulous cold, but it's just really good warm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a pineapple upside down cake. Exactly. <laughs> That's hard to beat. Our mom used to make that. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I love that. She, I think she did it with the canned pineapple, didn't she, Teresa? Yes, I think she did. Yeah, of yeah. course. Everybody's mom did. Yeah. It fit like in a nine inch cast iron pan really well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I like the fruit grilling fruit too i don't do it much these days but uh, when i was living in california i we used to grill fruit every now and then i don't have a grill so there you go <laughs> get your flat top grill uh, you know i i would consider that because it would it's the portable uh idea behind it and you know it's just not such a commitment that you can't just you know yeah. yeah, you're not lugging around that big old. Uh, Where do you go? Propane? With the grill? Where do you go with the grill? The beach? No, I'm just saying, like, if it's in your, you know, your backyard or like wherever you're putting it, because like I don't have a, a place that, like, I my thing is screened in the back, uh, oh yeah, the back porch. So it's just we don't use it that often. So yeah. So Rick, what? grilled vegetable are you going to grill at christmas this year well i'm going to grill grill several because i've got a very simple way of grilling and it's not the microwave (laughs) not a microwave i thought for sure you were going to say you have a microwave (laughs) attachment that's actually a grill even though they do make one i actually have one that you can cook (laughs) it's got grates on it it's plastic and you can put a piece of meat on there and brown it but it tastes awful. So, <laughs> shocking. But it's I got never the grill marks. That's the most exactly, important thing. The right. grill marks. And you use the microwave. <laughs> like they say, it's not. It's not the steak. It's the sizzle. <laughs> right. Mm. That's exactly. It makes something taste good. It's not yeah. the steak. It's the sizzle. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> anyway, how many of you have a flat top grill? It's just kind of a trend right now. You've probably seen them in your club stores. What's a flat top grill? It's a like what what they would have in a restaurant. It's a stainless steel griddle type. Oh, so you can make pancakes or eggs or something like that on it. Right. Or you know, the the fancy steakhouses use a griddle. They don't use a barbecue grill. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Yeah, you know, Outback Steakhouse is unbelievable. They I, every time I go there, they cook the steak perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I asked them once, they said, we, you know, we don't put it on a grill. We put it on a flat top. And they, right. But I've been in some five-star restaurants where I've ordered my steak rare and it comes out overcooked. But mm-hmm. in Outback, every time it's perfect and yeah. it's on a flat top grill. Anyway. Yeah. So that's the real professional way. And uh, I guess it, I just recently started seeing them in, a store, in the stores about a year ago. And so last, let's see, I guess it was last fall, the uh, club store that I go to had them discounted on clearance. And so the one I bought is a tabletop flat top grill. Use the smaller size propane canisters. So it would be good for a tailgate party, for example. You could put it in your car and take it, take it with you somewhere and put it on a picnic table. And but it's big enough to cook anywhere from four to eight steaks, just depending on how big the steaks are, just to give you an idea of the size. 
So they're great for veggies because you don't have to start wrapping them in aluminum foil. You just take the veggies on a cutting board, any veggies that you want, uh, peppers, yellow squash, zucchini, uh, onions, and just slice them up the way you want them or chop them and squirt a little olive oil on there or whatever the oil of your choice is. You could use butter. Butter works fine. And just put it on like a medium low heat. Uh, it heats the grill up, you know, get the, get the oil on there, get it hot. If you want to get it too hot, because, you know, we talked about smoke point and other uh, podcasts, which is another advantage of this, because you don't have to worry about the smoke point. You can cook them slowly. And uh, so just like medium to low heat, uh, slice them up, a little olive oil or maybe some butter, whatever your oil of choice is, and slow cook them on the floor. Get uh, a flat piece of, uh, they've got to have a griddle that you could remove the grates from your uh, grill and then just place it in there. So, you do that. so why would you do, why wouldn't you do that? And just like, I mean, I, unless of course you want it portable. So for your tail, yeah, you, you could buy a, you could buy a griddle for your regular grill. So it would be the same thing. Yeah, if you can regulate the temperature. I've, I've never really tried to regulate the temperature on a regular barbecue grill uh, because I usually just cook something as fast as I can cook it. So I'm not, I'm not really a connoisseur, but this seems like you can adjust the temperature better, like as though you were cooking on your stovetop. But uh, that, that, That's propane. Do they have electric or is propane better more efficient better. well all the ones i've seen are run by propane okay well yeah because if he's saying take it to a tailgate party or picnic or something yeah, like that you have to yeah, have a hell of a yeah. ex extension cord <laughs> no, well, they, they also <laughs> have large they also have the large flat top grills that you wouldn't take with you that are they're like a freestanding barbecue grill oh. and uh so you could have one of those so how much did that tabletop cost $99 plus tax. Oh, that's not that bad. was, that was yeah. on a clearance sale. Right? Oh, 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 right. Normal yeah. It was regularly 169, I think. Yeah. And so I was real satisfied with it. Now here we're talking about meat, but you know, when you're cooking out, you're usually going to have some meat with your veggies. Maybe there's a few people out there who would only grill veggies and that's all. And, and they're vegetarians. Yeah. But uh, for cooking hamburgers, they're great. And you've probably heard of the smash burgers. Yeah. Which is chain, like no. restaurant chain. Restaurant yeah. chain. Well, there's a restaurant chain. It's also a style of cooking oh. hamburgers that most of your diners use. Oh, don't they don't know. cook them on a barbecue grill. They have a flat top commercial grill mm -hmm. and they put the hamburger patties on there and get them cooking. And then they put cheese on top of one of the patties and put another patty on there, maybe a third one. And they have cheese in the middle. So uh, you can actually cook these veggies off to the side while you're cooking some hamburgers or some steaks if you have enough room. But another thing. Because like there's my, different temperature zones on the griddle. Yeah, you can just, it's like your stovetop. You can go low, medium, high. 
No, and but it's got different areas. No, no. The whole so thing. it's one temperature? Well, actually, I'm wrong about that. There's two. Some of them have two controls. So, mm -hmm. so you're correct. You could have the right side is hotter than the left side. Yeah. Mine is not that way. But remember how, uh, so I used to work at a Benihana's type, a privately owned knockoff of a Benihana. And so the teppanyaki, which is the tabletop cooking. And when the, the chef would start with the onions, you remember like they'd start with the shrimp and, but he would let those onions sweat for a while. So, and you just kind of put them closer, you know, not in the center of the, of the plate, if you will, the grill. Yeah, excellent. Excellent point. Because when they do those, that Japanese cooking, as you know, they have different things on there. They know when to put the veggies on. They know when to put the meat on. And that's and a very you want answer. you want, you know, shoe leather. Edwin wants rare. Mm -hmm. Teresa's having fish. I'm having chicken. Right. <laughs> yeah. So they can do all of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you brought that up because I had actually forgotten about that. But those are flat top grills. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I yeah. want to see you do a volcano on that. <laughs> exactly. Onion, onion volcano, Rick. On mm -hmm. the grill. Come on. I'm not even sure what that is. What's an onion? Oh, come volcano? on. You've never seen that? Have you not been to so. Benihana's with a? I have. And we I've been to several places like that, but you got rooked. Refresh my memory what the volcano. Well, what they do is they take that onion and they separate the rings, you know, the concentric yeah. rings. And they stack it into what looks like a volcano. So that the small yeah. no, they just kind of push it out. They right. keep it okay. out. Whatever it is. Yeah. But it, it, yeah. it, it, the rings are ex ex expanded out so it looks like a volcano. And then they pour some kind of uh, oil in it, I think, and light it on fire. And the, Oh. And the, <laughs> you've never See, seen, you've never seen you know, And I never I even I asked what it is. You know, as long as I worked there, I, I never asked what made it uh shoot up like that but was it all or was it like water because then it would steam diesel, diesel fuel because uh, <laughs> then it would steam you know so if it's really hot oh that's right and yeah. then like you put water in there psh, i think it's i think it's actually alcohol based because probably right yeah that's yeah right. so it ignites you know the yeah regular cooking oil it wouldn't ignite like that's that. true what is it cognac or that they use a lot of times to flame things yeah maybe flambe yes yeah different kinds of alcohol yeah that that makes sense and i don't i've got to look that up i'm going to make one of those on my grill you should do it <laughs> I, guarantee, I guarantee you you'll find a video on youtube on how oh to absolutely <laughs> but then you got to also learn how to flip the egg up and crack it with the knife and have it yeah done. That's no, right. they crack it with the spatula. Well, spatula, that's what, whatever. But they throw yeah. it up. And yeah, and then they turn down. the they turn the the <laughs> spatula perpendicular, and then it goes. Yeah. Okay. Now Rick's Rick's been telling us all this microwave stuff. Now Rick, for the next uh, few episodes, you're gonna have to do some tricks. Exactly. With the flat top grill. <laughs> you got your you got your soy sauce and your yeah. uh, toasted sesame seeds. Okay. And then the to... zucchini and onion and yellow squash. You could probably throw a, a pepper in there. Um, yeah. Some mung beans. Yeah. Here and have your bowl of rice ready. You've got your rice, your veggies, and your protein on top. Yeah. Jap Japanese Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Another thing <laughs> that you could do, which I have, if you had a regular barbecue grill and you preferred to cook your steaks or whatever on that, you could have one of these for cooking things like the veggies on the side. Instead so of you'd have two? You could. Yeah. I mean, I don't, we got rid of, we had one of those big super duper stainless steel grills that we bought 20 years ago for my son's grad party. Mm -hmm. And it finally deteriorated so much that it was just falling apart. So we hauled it off to the dump. And then I saw these on clearance. I thought, well, that's a lot cheaper than buying another monstrosity. Right. That I have to move around on the deck, especially when I'm trying to shovel snow off the deck and the grills in the way. (laughs) (laughs) So how long have you had this grill? I bought it last fall sometime like, okay. So how many cook cooking uh, sessions did you get with that propane? Only three. Okay. So you'd have to have a small, you'd have to have a small spare and then Mm -hmm. know that you have three times. But here's another thing that before I forget, when we did the, we cook smash burgers and you can go online and see on video how to make smash burgers. And so while those were cooking, I, I made onion rings on the side. Like you said, with the, you know, I took, got a really big jumbo Vidalia onion and I cut it into onion rings and just let those cook off to the side while I was doing the smash burgers. Hmm. And it turned out really good. They, they kind of browned them, caramelized them a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. And they tasted great. You didn't bread them, you just grilled them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I call them onion. They were onion rings, but they weren't. They didn't have any breading or anything, just the onions themselves, which still turned out fantastic. So you could do that while you're cooking hamburgers or the steaks. If you have room, you could cook your veggies off the side and uh, worked really well. So that's what I recommend if someone's looking for something new. Yeah, that's good. Fantastic. Did you, have you tried any fruit grilling any fruit? No. Uh, What what kind of fruit do you think would be good? Pineapple. Pineapple's great on a regular barbecue. Yeah. That would like, that would caramelize. Sure. You wouldn't want to use strawberries, obviously. Uh. Why not? They're (laughs) roasting strawberries now. Why wouldn't you like throw some strawberries on there? Yeah. You could do garlic. Just take cloves of garlic and throw them on there. Yeah, but you can't roast those. That wouldn't be roasting. You would just be cooking them, right? Because if right. it's time-wise, you know, you use up all your propane. Yeah, if you want to do garlic, you'd want to chop it and then cook yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, anything. How many of you cook fruit? How many of you grill fruit? I have done it before saying, I, how do I do it as like, I do it often. That's not the case. When, when I was in California, we had the barbecue grill and, uh, I quite often grilled pineapple and mango plantains are great. Mm -hmm. Ooh, plantains. Um, pineapple, mango. Okay. I have to try that. The tropical fruits like that seem to do really well on a grill. You know, it's gotta be something that doesn't, fall apart i mean yeah yeah yeah. i don't think you'd want to do grapes would you want to grill grapes <laughs> i Why think not? people do peaches peaches grow peaches, pretty well I think. Right. yeah so i've never done I, that but I, i've seen it yeah. i think that if you did grapes you'd have to do one with the high sugar content like the uh the cotton candy ones yeah how about uh could you do blueberries on the grill why not yeah you'd you as put you blueberries in, them right if you put blueberries um, 
in like your pancakes you could certainly i mean those are warm sure i made a blueberry pie so yeah right all right you just got to be careful not to overcook them i used to do shish kebabs quite a bit on the Mm -hmm. grill which has the tomatoes i use cherry tomatoes usually right and if you're not careful those will just fall apart and they just drop right yeah kebab okay you know you got to cook them actually i I, funny i used to take the time to put everything on the skewer Mm -hmm. you know once you get it inside you're just going to take them off so i just started cooking the meat and the vegetables i put the vegetables in one of those grilling baskets yeah so everything is in there and it holds it it doesn't fall apart yeah that's the beautiful thing about uh the griddle is that you don't have to worry about the grates and things falling through the right. skewers, the skewers are beautiful to look at for presentation, but uh, for you know, if if we were having company, I would put them on the skewers. Yeah, but if it was just the family, I right. cooked it. Wouldn't the wouldn't the skewers though? Wouldn't it help them to cook faster because it gets hot? You're probably too, right. And it cooks inside. Right. It would yeah. cook the that inside may, quicker. That may be true. I didn't even think of that. Uh, uh, as long as you're using metal, if you're using wood, right. it probably wouldn't matter. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And you got to yeah. be careful with wooden ones. They can catch fire. <laughs> that <happened> yeah. <laughs> I, do you soak them in water first when you're, you're using supposed to? Ones? Yeah, you're supposed yeah. to. I think the times I, first time I tried wooden ones, I forgot. I didn't know to soak them in water. <laughs> Suddenly, yeah. not only were they being grilled, they were being flambéed. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I just thought on a regular barbecue grill, you could even take your iron skillet and put it on the. Mm-hmm. on the grill and do the same thing I, i'm not sure about the temperature regulation but you could use an iron skillet so okay now now let's go why couldn't you just put the skillet on the stove top and do it you doing? could but the whole <laughs> idea is when you grill you're outdoors right that's true that's yeah. it <laughs> yeah, you want to be and that portability of what you're talking about is important and uh and we were talking about the australians liking to barbecue outside on christmas uh so they probably mm-hmm. would prefer uh something like that yeah. what else that's, rick that's that's about it it's just a very simple thing you know i suppose you could cook them without even using any oil if you didn't want to use oil i haven't tried yeah. it but yeah wouldn't hurry thing to try that didn't stick you know, is it a non-stick veggies. grill i mean it could be it could already be treated so that it wouldn't stick yeah when you first get it you have to condition it you have to get it really hot and put uh, oil on it right. and condition the grill before you start using it yeah kind of puts a finish like season it. it you mean you season yeah. it i guess that's what so, you're mm-hmm. right is it a black surface like uh like a oh like a fry pan that you like a cast season? iron cast iron no, yeah no it's a stainless steel Oh, okay. When you first get it, it looks all beautiful, new stainless steel. But once you condition it with that oil, it makes it darker. Mm-hmm. Well, you've seen them. If you go into a diner, or, yeah, you know, you've, you've seen the, the grills they used to cook on. Waffle yeah. House or whatever. They, they all use yeah. the same thing. I'm, I, think sure. the, I think the Tasty Treat, when we were kids, they used the grill. Yes, yeah. they did. They made yeah. their hamburgers on there. So. Uh-huh. The Tasty sure. Treat was our uncle's aunt and uncle's restaurant cousin's restaurant here in our little hometown of hendersonville it was uh mm-hmm. 
very much like quite tasty. It was. It was yeah. good food. <laughs> anyway, and it was talked. a treat to go there. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about it in past episodes. Look for that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. but that's okay. about it. So I guess uh, I think of anything later in the podcast, I'll chime in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. You really did a great job. so produce buzzers podcast fans it's time for your favorite segment on the produce buzzers podcast yes that's right no don't go away come back keep the volume up it's time for home grow teresa punish us okay well uh since uh, asparagus was my theme for the day um what type of socks do you need to wear or excuse me what type of socks do you need to have when you plant asparagus okay all right give us a second here don't give it away yet what type of socks do you do need to have when you plant asparagus correct um argyle that doesn't make any sense i don't know <laughs> <laughs> okay nope not the answer i was looking you need for. a spare pair ah, well that's kind of cute <laughs> that's good yeah. <laughs> all right rick it's your turn to guess well i'm totally stumped that's it. Stop. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, Cynthia, Cynthia that. could have said a spare, I guess. But uh, <laughs> what I would say <laughs> is garden hose. Uh, 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 okay. That's true for. It could be why just asparagus? Well, because you talked about asparagus today. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You need that for your whole garden. garden. Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you've punished us too much. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, thank you listeners for tuning in to the Produce Buzzers podcast. Brought to you by Produce Buzz, the gathering place for lovers of fresh fruits and veggies. We hope you were entertained a bit and educated a lot about fresh produce. Be sure to join us next time, and please tell your friends to do so as well. Like, share, and comment on our Produce Buzz Facebook page, and check out our website at www.producebuzz.com. There you will find articles about fresh fruits and veggies, how to select, store, and prepare them, as well as lots of interesting facts about all the wonderful bounty the earth provides for us. Until next time, be fruitful and don't forget to veg out.